0: Well, today we kick off a new series, a series that I've called Upgrade. And uh, I think that's a, it's a common term. We, all of us can connect with that, that um, as we get an upgrade or an update or any of these things, we know that, th- that that's what life is supposed to be better. And I'm not going to insult your intelligence, so I'm just going to go ahead and get it all out on the deal here. This is basically a continuation of the last series filled the same scripture we launched all the time there is here but there are some more concepts that i wanted to talk about so guess what we're going to be talking about john 10 10 for another few more weeks and so uh, i just wanted to let you know and i also wanted you to know that yes in this next sentence that i wrote three sent this next phrase this is what we're going to look at it's three sentences and we say the word life five times let's pay attention to that okay jesus is the life giver he gives us eternal life and, and as we trust him he brings new life into every area of life it is a complete life upgrade this is about life that's what this is about if people were to say you know what do we what do we <clears throat> what can you summarize christianity with well, the first l word we would come to is love Ob- absolutely love but you could also say that christianity is about life it's about life. It's about us stepping over from death into life. That's what happens whenever we become new creations. We become alive in Christ. And so we're going to be looking at what this is. Because John 10.10 is the ultimate upgrade scripture ever. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the opposite of an upgrade. That's, that's, that is an absolute destruction. That's, that's things going, the, going south in a hurry. And I have come that you may have life and you may have it to the full. I like the way the message translation puts it. John 10, 10 B, the last part of it says, I came so they can have real and eternal life. Remember, we talked about that citizenship in heaven thing, real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. This is actually bigger. Our minds, we put limits. We think that certain things are good for us, and then they're not good for us. When we really embrace what God says is right, I'm telling you, we end up living life on a level we never even really thought. Because, honestly, too few people demonstrate it. Our world is full of of presentations of what a good life is. And then you, you live it, somebody lives it, and they say, it's not that good. We don't have this presented very well in our society. So this, to have this thing of this being better than I ever dreamed of, for the most part, most people haven't dreamed of it. They don't even know that it's possible. What's possible in God? They don't even know that it's possible to live that way. There's so many things that our culture says, well, you just got to deal with it. It's just, this is just the way it is. You just make the best of it. And in Christ, that is not <coughs> the way it has to be. Now, with this upgrade, if you get some updates on your phone, anybody has an iPhone or any of that, and you have your little your little app, so every once in a while, your little your little uh, app thing will say that you got a bunch of updates. Well, you look at your update, and if you get, uh, you know, you have like a little Twitter update, and there's a little Twitter app, then you'll pull it up, and it'll say what's new, that there's going to be more of something. But then also down at the bottom, it says what it fixes. There's going to be less of something. Every upgrade every upgrade in life has more and it has less there are more of the stuff we want and less of the junk that we don't want as we embrace that that god is working in us that we say yes to him that he is changing us from the inside out we have to have this mindset that as he's changing our lives there's going to be more of certain things and less of other things that's just what he's going to lead us in certain things are going to be called out certain things are going to be removed and other things are going to be amplified And so as we're going to look at this over these next series, we're going to be looking at those things, what he adds more to and what there's less of. And the first one is, and of course at Celebration Church, we talk about it all the time. You're just never going to get away from it here about knowing God better and trusting him more. And so trusting God on this front means when we're looking at a full life upgrade, a full life upgrade, we're going to talk about the big picture today. We'll get into some small picture stuff later. We're going to look at the big picture. That trusting God means more margin and less worry. Well oh, margin, that's a funny word. What does it mean? I mean more extra, more space, not pushing everything. Not doing it. We, we do this all the time. You set your margins whenever you're typing on there on your on your computer and you have your paper margins, and there's this nice little white space that doesn't get used. But if you need to, you can bump into it a little bit and you have this extra space. If it runs all the way to the edges, it's it's a mess, and so many of our lives are run to the very edges and beyond over and over again. So as we allow understand. That he's going to increase this. We talked about that a, that a full life in Christ. Meant being filled up. No more, Actually overflowing in some areas. Like love and joy. And understanding the will of God. And some of those things. But there's some places. That it actually is going to create some breathing room. It's going to actually create some, some space for us. Let's look at Matthew 11. 28 verse 30. It says come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we begin to step into Him, all of the stress, I tell you what, we live, you can document all of American existence. And we live in the most stressed time ever. But somehow we have the most free time ever. We have the most disposable income ever. But yet we're the most stressed we've ever been. Somehow this thing of recreational time and resources does not equate less worry and stress. We think it does. We think it does, but it doesn't. What equates less worry and stress is being willing to submit to God, that's what being under that yoke is—is is it allowing Him to do it? Because we're supposed to have good, some good soul rest, just chill. And life, there's a place where we're just supposed to chill. But when we begin to run out of margin, all of a sudden the worry factor shoots up. And I tell you what—if you want to—if you want to test this, then I say that you take my wife on a ride in a car. Okay, let her ride shotgun. Okay, okay, and let her ride shotgun. Okay, and that you. Sit there and we'll, our margin is going to be the difference between your, our front bumper and the back bumper of the car in front of us. Okay? And as you get closer and closer and closer, you get a nice margin. She's over there. She's all chilling. She's texting. She's talking to you. She's sipping her tea with lemon. All life is good. You close that. You eat a, up a little bit of that margin. Her tea's put down. Her text, she's doing this. You close that margin a little bit more, that phone gets put away. And she looks at you like you're an idiot. She don't say anything yet. You remove a little more margin, and all of a sudden, that little chicken break thing, that's what we refer to it as, that little handle. It's got another name. We ain't going to say that. And uh, so it got that little handle on the passenger side. She grabs that. And all of a sudden, she's says there. And all of a sudden, you can see the definition of her bicep begins to come out. You take a little more margin out, and she begins to ply a break that does not exist. She is pushing the floorboard. There's nothing there. She is doing it. She's doing this mess. And she's arching her back, and she's like, she's in the exact wrong position if it was to actually have an impact. I mean, she's going to go from 5'3 to 4'3, like, instantly. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's all like and then finally if you get, uh, close the margin a little bit more I mean her pulse is hitting it she's, gonna, she's finally going to just she's not going to be sweet about it <laughs> and she's going to tell you to apply your break she's going to let you know you need to back up and she does, She hates it she hates late breakers people that are sitting there talking to people that apply their break and you know what a late breaker is? somebody applies a break later than you that's all it is so, if you don't apply the brake when she thinks you need to apply the brake, well, I'm telling you, you can watch. but you you let up, you get a little more margin in there. put a little more, the handle gets released, blood comes back to her fingers, she starts texting again, life's all good again, get a little more margin all's cool again. am, am I telling the truth, baby? I am she hates it, she hates late breakers she Hates that. And I tell you what, you sit there and she rides with you and you're a late breaker, you go somewhere else together and she'll go, I'll drive. So if you go anywhere with her and she volunteers to drive, you know why. You know why. But there is, there is this thing, this direct correlation in our lives between margin and worry. When we get up to it, you can hear it. Some of you heard it this morning. Some of you heard it this morning, getting ready for church. At, at 9.35, one of you, the parent that was the person, the member of the household that's on time, was cool at 9.35. 9.40, Begin began to say some things. All of a sudden, 9.50, I saw some of y'all come in at 10 after. There was somebody in that household going seriously as the margin diminished the stress level went up it just does it just does and it happens folks in every area of our life we god's wired us this way he knows it he knows we're wired this way and that's why his word is full of things that teach us to have some space in our lives and in that place is a place of trust in him. <clears throat> We're going to look at this word rest right quick. I want you to just throw this up on the screen. You should have it in your, up there. And um, this, when we look up the strongs of this, when you look up the, the, this, this, this Greek word, it says to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength. I'm telling you, that is the direct opposite of when my wife, whenever she's in a low margin spot. She is not at rest. She's not at this place. There is, there's movement. There's labor. Even when none is necessary. And we do that. We do that. We do that. It is this, folks, we have to be willing to allow God to grow this area of our lives. Let's look at Matthew 6. Let's look at Matthew 6. We're going to start in verse 31. It says, so. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He's not saying, just get used to being without it. He's not saying that. Just... Just be okay with not being able to pay the electric bill. Just be cool with it. Just be okay that some days the kids are going to be sent to to bed hungry. It's it's just the way it's going to be. No, he doesn't say that. He says if we'll seek him first, then all this other stuff that we get so worked up about, he cares about those things too. And if we'll trust him and walk in this place of of connection with the Holy Spirit, he's going to lead us to where all of that stuff is taken care of. Now it's like, okay, so far I don't understand this whole margin thing. Where does this margin thing come from? Here we go. Let's look at verse 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now these are Jesus' words. Our days have trouble. People come to me and go, oh, pastor, you know, they're having trouble. Yeah, yeah. That happens in life. It does. I hate it. I wish it didn't. But guess what it does? But guess what? There's an answer for it as we we rest in Him. And this margin gets diminished where there's a grace for today. You can't have tomorrow's grace. You can't have it. It's not there. You're not in tomorrow. So what happens is when we have the grace for today, to handle today, the provision of today, the, to deal with today's troubles, and we start grabbing from tomorrow, and we start worrying about it, we push out the margin in our life, and we fill up all of our days and all of our stuff. Well, I've got to deal with this today, and then this is going to be tomorrow. And oh my goodness, and all, all these different things, and all these things just begin to run through your head, and all of a sudden you're just at your wit's in. And I tell you what, somebody says one little thing wrong, and you're going to pop a blood vessel. Because there is no margin. There is no space. We were wired. Yes, there's some stress of today. There's that. But there's grace for that. When we get we get messed up, when we take in all of the, that other stuff and we pile it on, we reach into tomorrow and we bring this thing. And we have this concept that somehow, by, by trying to sift out and grab that stuff, by trying to grab those things that somehow that's going to enrich our lives. You know, they have this process where we have, you know, nuclear weapons and nuclear energy, and we use, the best stuff to use is uranium. And uranium is a natural occurring occurring mineral. And 99% of uranium that's mined is the stuff that isn't that good for that. But there's this 1% inside of all of that, the U-235 stuff. That's the stuff that's good for all that. But you got to get a bunch of it together. you got to get a bunch of it together. So they create these centrifuges. And they create these things where they link all these different things. Kind of looks like our days, huh? One flows into another, flows into another, flows into another. And they have this thing. And they have this thing where they're trying to collect and get more and more and more from one centrifuge into another centrifuge. Today they get it where they finally get a whole bunch of this stuff together. Then all of a sudden now, now... It's this powerful stuff. And we can use it for good and create some energy that doesn't have emissions and all that. has all, all other stuff you've got to be very careful with. And, um, but uh, it also creates these weapons. But if all of a sudden this, this stuff gets out of control, something's either going to blow up or something's going to melt down. And the thing is that, it take, that takes place. It gets from collecting all of these other little things, all these little things in a row and just collecting and collecting and collecting. And they call that enriching. We can look at our lives and we can think by collecting and filling up all of our little margins areas that somehow we're enriching our lives. Well, man, my, my, our lives are just so much more rich because little Johnny is in five different activities and, and they're in all of these different things. In our household, we tried to do that for a little while. Everybody wanted to be involved in everything. And we tried to like, you know what? Our lives were just going to pop. This just isn't going to work. We got had five kids at that time, six now that just doesn't work. So guess what? Everybody doesn't get to do everything they want to do. You get to do what you're passionate about the most. But not everything. And we sit there and do that. We get to add more stuff. And I need this HD TV, And I need these different things. And we'll, we'll finance here. We'll do this thing. And we're just going to make our life enriched. And then we find ourselves pushed to the place that we're either going to blow up or melt down. That is not the life that God has called us to do. We have can't be doing that we can't be carrying all this different stuff god's called us to live this this place of trust in him is living in it day by day walking in it day by day and there are these different areas and i want to look through these real quickly that forgiving forgiving others creates relational margin and reduces relational worry I tell you what, you deal with people and have to deal with things. And the yeah, others, a lot of times in relationships you can look at, sometimes there's one big thing, this one big terrible thing that takes place. But most of the time, even prior to the one big terrible thing, there's a lot, a bunch of little bitty things that there was either never self-forgiveness for or forgiveness extended on others. And then we have this phrase called as the last straw. And you're like, well, what are you so mad about? Well, they didn't pick up their towel. And I'm done. Call the lawyers. I'm through with this. Woo! What happened here? Well, there have been a lot of discussions about towels and socks and disrespect. And I'm the only one that works around here. And all of these other different things. We begin to find these things. And it's a bunch of little bitty things that got That did not get true forgiveness given. And all of a sudden. Because guess what? We're incredibly human. And we're really going to mess up every once in a while. And when the forgiveness is doled out. It leaves that margin. It leaves that space. And allows us to deal with things. But all of a sudden when you run this to the edge. And like okay this is it. And you better never mess up on any front ever again. It's already done. It's already done. Because you're going to mess up. It's going to happen. So that's why forgiveness is so important because it pulls that back in and gives us this place. Matthew 18 says, for where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. And most scriptures, most Bibles jump, like create a whole new paragraph right there. Most commentaries, 20 goes with the ideas above it, and 21 goes with the ideas below it. But I think it's pertinent for us to look at them smashed together. They were written smashed together. Let's look at it. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Jesus already said there's this special presence of God when we come together in unity. And then the next thing that Matthew throws in here, he's writing this after the fact. He's not, he's not sitting there a stenographer. He's not writing this real time. He's pulling together through the leading of the Holy Spirit these big ideas that need to come together. He says, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me up to seven times? He says, no, not seven times, but 77 times. Or other translations, seven times 70. Way more than you even think is cool. Seven, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. These things are butted up together because we can't live in this place of unity and this special presence and anointing with God if we don't forgive each other all the time, lots of the time, over and over and over again. It jacks the whole system up. Another place we see where we need margin is in dealing with our kids and and, and parenting. See, parenting with purpose, doing things on purpose, gives us more margin and less worry. When we were talking about this, talking about this uranium thing, all of a sudden it becomes, it's already radioactive. But I'm telling you, when it becomes this enriched place, all of a sudden it is now super reactive. It's just majorly reactive. And so many times if we're not parenting with purpose, then all we are is in this reactive moment. Something happens, I react. This happens, I react. And most of the time when us parents quiet ourselves at the end of the day, most of our reactions we regret. Most of them. Every once in a while we're like, that's pretty sharp on the fly. Good job, Pop. But rarely, rarely does that happen. Most of it is you go to your child and go, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I reacted that way. We sit there and whenever we begin to bring some purpose into it, we begin to have margin. We begin to build some some boundaries. We begin to say, okay, this is what this is. This is what I'm what, this is what's expected. This is how I'm gonna respond. It builds margin and it gives room for us to be able to deal as parents. Proverbs twenty-two, six says, train a child in the way he should go. That's purpose. This is where things, this is what the parameters look like, this is what's life-giving. Kids go this direction, and when he is old. He's not going to return from it. It's going to take root. It's going to have an effect. It is. Another place we see is honoring God with our time gives more margin and less worry. And I won't go into all of these scriptures for time's sake. But here in Exodus, one of the big ten. Remember back when we were, they were living under the law. Thank goodness we don't live under that. But these principles right here. One of the first things he told the Israelites was to take a day off and genuinely rest. To really, really, genuinely chill out and rest. And I tell you what, in an agrarian society with no refrigeration and no any of the modern stuff, that took some trust. When you had to go and make it happen every day just to exist, that took some trust. And they just had to rest. They had to rest. Jesus had to finally recalibrate this in Mark chapter 2 and remind these these people who were so intent on observing the Sabbath that, you know what, this was created. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Let's not take principles and, and, and choke the life out of them. They're supposed to be life giving, they're supposed to completely be life giving. And they even, Jesus, I mean, the, the, God even took it with the people a whole nother step. And we see in Exodus 23 that they were to to sow into their fields for six years and then for one year, leave it alone. To take a whole year off every six years and take this rest year. Take this rest year. It is just mind-blowing to our culture to think about that. And you leave it in the seventh year. Let the land lie unplowed and unused. And then the poor among you, among your people, may get food from it. It wasn't that everybody was told not to work. They said, look, don't go plant it. Leave it alone. And let the poor go and get what grows up. And the wild animals can begin to, to have their thing. And they're being taken care of. Do the same thing with your vineyards. And that we're going to see this principle translate right into this next to this next piece. Because here what the, where the provision for the poor. What, what God had set in place for the provision of the poor. Some margin. It's still in place right there. Even when everybody else is chilling. It's like okay well the poor still got to eat. We let them go and get it. Because the, the last place I want to talk to you about. Is that trusting God with our money. <clears throat> is going to give us more margin and less worry. When we are freaked out. When we add the bills up. And they don't match what we know is coming in. It can be a freaky place. For years, for years of our lives together, the first part of our marriage, we knew where we were supposed to be, what we were doing. We were employed on that vein. There was a certain amount of money that was coming in, and there was no way. You could not eat enough rice and beans. You could not live enough cheap. You could not do it to where you could create a household budget that our income met. It just didn't do it. That was where God had us, but we never lied. So when we knew, okay, God, you, you, we're where you're, we're supposed to be. We're trusting you, and He, for um, month after month, year after year, showed Himself faithful to us. But you know what? That played, and we learned to not worry. Our margin was the fact that we were obedient to God, and that was our margin. He was going to take care of us, and God took such good care of us. It was amazing, amazing years period of our lives but for the most part and we're at a different phase in life now now you can add it up and there's margin and that's that's a beautiful place to be as well and that we have to recognize this and what we don't want to take place now for time's sake we're going to skip the video guys but what we don't want to take place is to have access to this full life and just and waste it on worry Wasting on filling our lives with stuff we don't need. Leviticus twenty three twenty two says, When you reap the harvest of your land, don't reap to the very edges. Don't go out there when you go to work and just sit there and get every little thing and just greedily, greedily, greedily. Uh, or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord, your God. That was their rule. They would go out and they would harvest their grain they would take it in. But they wouldn't go over the field a second time to go out and do it. And then the poor that lived among them, their job was to go out and to pick it up. And they could have it. Their, their existence was workfare, not welfare. They didn't go and knock on the door and say, give me my portion, pour it in my hand, I know you work. They had to go out and they had to do their work, but it was provided, it was part of it. And it was in their hearts as a people to not go and to push everything to the very edges. Matthew six twenty one says, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Proverbs 21.5 says for the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. There are these places where margin is, is built into our lives. Proverbs 21.20 says that the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. Here's these extra in the house of the wise but a foolish man sits there and devours all that he has. He eats it all the way up to the edges and he's got nothing. we have to be willing if we're going to enjoy this full life we have to redefine what an upgraded life looks like because folks right now the standard american household is not living it i don't care you grab them out of the 50,000 bracket the 100,000 bracket the 200,000 bracket the million dollar a year bracket all of them are full of stress and worry it has it's not about the income bracket it's about whether or not we're going to do this according To God's system and we're going to trust him on these fronts. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. This concept of learning how to live there and and do this. That's why we're launching all these small groups. And we have a lot of these subjects. We have small groups that we're dealing with. And these small groups aren't so that we can have some program to to fill our church up and to do that. No, it's so that you can have a life that's full. It's because these principles are life-giving. And as a pastor, I want you to understand them. I encourage you, if there's a place in your life that you feel stretched to the edges, get some training, learn some Bible, begin to get some teaching. There's some great small groups. You can sign up for them right afterwards. Don't miss this window of opportunity. It's a big, big deal. It's a big, big deal because, folks, God wants our lives to go to the next level. He wants us to have a full life upgrade. And this means knowing that He cares and trusting that His ways Are better than our ways. They just are. They just are. And then we find that place that's full of peace and full of joy and full of the will of God when our life has some margin, some space in it. That's what God's called us to. I just want to pray for us all right here in this moment. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that you want that for us. You desire that for us. You don't want us living just stretched out schedules, Heavenly Father, and stretched out wallets, Heavenly Father. You don't want us living, Lord, with our relationships right on the edge all the time. God, you want to teach us to live in that place where your yoke is easy and your burden is light, to do it your way. Lord, it, it, it requires us moving forward, Heavenly Father, but not in our own strength and yours, and letting all the other junk fall aside. Lord, speak to us this morning. Lord, if we're blinded to ourselves, Lord, shake that loose and let us see where we really are. You want us to move forward way more than we want to. Lord, let us see. Let us see what's going on. Let us see where we're we're stretched to the limits. And Lord, let us embrace your truth and change in our lives for real. God, Lord, I pray over every household. Lord, I just pray a freshness, Heavenly Father, a fresh desire, Lord, to to say yes to you on every front. Lord, that you would have us to be a a low-stress, high-impact people. Lord, that your love and your forgiveness just flow in our lives. Lord, I just speak that over them while everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you want to say yes to Christ, what I was talking about at communion, where he took it all, if you want to say yes to that and embrace that, I want you to just raise your hand right now.